0: Hello, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Ongakuri, the podcast where three friends come together and break down what's new in the Japanese music industry. This is the podcast for the week of July 30th, 2021. I'm your host, Ken, and with me, we have Gray. What's happening, dudes? And Luna.
1: Hello, everyone. Ginky.
0: Oh, ginkies indeed. Have we been? It's been a while since all three of us have been on the pod.
1: Yes, it has
0: yes indeed yes 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 so what you guys been listening to as of late let's start with you Gray. ah uh, yes so I've been listening to uh,
2: quite a few th- interesting things I recently discovered the opening for the current season of Super Sentai on Apple Music and I've had that thing on repeat uh, so
0: yeah <laughs> I'm pretty sure you're song. driving your, your wife crazy <laughs> <with that. laughs> uh, oh well yeah, because um,
2: it's like I'll be listening to it when I'm working around the house with my ear pods in and stuff. So she actually doesn't hear it that often. Uh, and sometimes like if we're in her car, like I'll be listening to my music with my earpods on because uh, uh, she she likes to ride without the radio on and I need my music. So, uh, yes. Uh, so, yeah, I've been listening to that thing. Uh, it's really good. I highly recommend it. This, this year's uh, Sentai opening is fantastic. I've also been listening to... I wasn't on the podcast when it dropped, but I checked it out, and Amega Hajimari no uh, Aizu uh, by 7 Order has been, like, one of the highlights of my year. I I freaking love this song, and I have just been listening to that on repeat.
0: (laughs) I would have thought that you would have liked them, because I know that when, when I did them for Music Corner that you really took a shine to them and then it was just had to be one more release if you listened to last week's episode i was just like yeah i'm pretty sure gray's gonna really like this song
2: <laughs> oh yes it it is really good it's featured in my own gaku go go check that out plug plug and yeah you will see this again at the end of the year unless they drop something better than this like this has been one of my top five songs of the year i i absolutely love that song I've been checking out LOL's latest single, Sun Kiss Love, and it's it's pretty solid. I, I there's they have summer songs that I enjoy a slight bit more than this, but it's been a quiet year for them, and I'm just kinda glad to hear them back, so that's good. I am eagerly anticipating Some Baby by Ballistic Boys, and I'm still listening to Summer Hype as a response to that. And lately, I don't know why, but I've really been in a homemade Kazuku vibe. And I have just went back and I've been listening to their greatest hits a lot over the past two weeks. And uh, it, it's just been, like, I woke up one day and No Rain No Rainbow was stuck in my head and I couldn't get it out. So I've just been, like, listening to that as well on repeat. And that's really been, like, the bulk of it, what I've been listening to. I know it's been, like, more than two weeks, but that's, like, mostly Homemade Kazuku. Like, I'll just be randomly driving down the road and start listening to them again, so... And I've really enjoyed, enjoyed my time with them again. I really would love for them to form the band back together again, but I don't think that's going to happen, so... Uh, I'll just enjoy what they have and um, be happy with it. Uh, but what have you been listening to, Luna?
1: So, I've been listening to a hodgepodge of stuff. Before I left for my trip, I made playlists playlist to make sure I could listen to stuff offline and on on my phone. So I went back to double due to it's summertime. I always go for her summertime song featuring verbal. And I had not listened to her in a while, so I actually re-listened to her whole reflex album, which is very, very good. I still have my favorite songs like Rock the Party, Call Me, and Summertime on there. And then I went back and listened to some of her other tracks that are a lot of fun, like Spring Love. Soldier, Disturbance, Rolling On. Also was checking out, I've been listening to I Don't Like Mondays again. Every summer I always listen to Lemonade and I always listen to Tonight <laughs> because they're the perfect summer songs. And can I hear you? I hear you giggling because you know what I mean. And I, I love I Don't Like Mondays. Though I always go back to those tracks. However, their newest one, Baka, is fantastic. It is a ballad. And no, it's not summery, but it is just fantastic. If you've not checked it out, highly recommend it.
0: Yeah, it was an interesting change for them, to be be perfectly honest.
1: It was, and I actually really liked they did something very refreshing like that, and you don't hear them do songs like Baka often, so it caught me off guard, and I just fell in love with it for that reason. And then, of course, I go back to my traditional Lemonade and Tonight. So... Um, another one that I fell in love with is the moment featuring yellow bucks by I and I just I love yellow bucks in the moment so much that I went and listened to their whole disco or his whole discography like I just dived right in and I freaking love it I mean fantastic rapper and more of the chill type of rap and I also love a lot of the featuring artists he's he's done clavos with yeah so like mc tyson and miachi um uh, but he, he so far like i've really enjoyed his jungle album is really good and he has a couple new songs out too went back to jimoza since she's some good summer songs and seasons change is one of my favorites also Yayui yeah, yui diamond dropped her new track top gal and of course i had that on repeat and on my phone like day one <laughs> I was, like, following that release and very excited. I also got into a rapper that I know who he is. I've heard him on a couple Cream songs, so I never really listened to him too much as T-Ace. And his song Forget the Shine is really good, but he released a new one called Video featuring Stax T and Simba. And it is so freaking good. It just came out about a week or two ago, and I love it i i thought it was a really fun pretty good hip-hop track also jumped into koichi which is i don't usually listen to him but i found a song featuring minami on it called and the song is called seven and it is great and now i want to listen to more koichi so i've been more diving like the hip-hop stuff also did some sundame j soul brothers some crazy boy Just, you know, went back to my basics. I did discover a new girl group called Idoha that I really like. Their song Wonderland is very good. And I'm looking forward to hearing more of their music. And they're more of like a hip-hop R&B girl group type thing. And so far, I've enjoyed my time with them. Also went back to Dream. Konanimo, Hold On, Catch a Wave. So just a few of their more summery, fun tracks. And that's... Pretty much it, it for me. What about you, Ken? What have you been listening to?
0: So, honestly, I've been listening to a hodgepodge of things. If you guys listened to last week's episode, it's pretty much more of the same. I've been listening to Sho Asano. His Portraits 2 EP is absolutely fantastic. He's more of a co- collaborator, and his compositions is probably one of the best I've heard from someone who mostly does composition work. It's actually really good. I've been listening to... Mizuki Ohira's latest single Holiday which is also really good And because I kind of went really deep into Bass Stars I've been listening to Kaibutsu a bit on release as well Besides that I, I was also listening to Baka by I Don't Like Mondays as well Been listening to Hakubi's new single Color as well and just a hodgepodge of things i've been listening to the yakuza game soundtrack for apparent reasons we'll get into later and honestly just a little bit more of older stuff such as asian kung fu generation and kind of been i've been kind of into a rock old rock thing of my high school years mostly because as of right now as we'll get to in a moment the the olympics are going on and i've been just into the whole golfing thing again because it's it's been a while since i've actually played and that's usually what i used to listen to when i was warming up and hitting balls on the driving range so good old memory lane there but with that let's actually go on to our topic and actually talk about the opening ceremonies that happened for the tokyo 2020 olympics I have to say twenty twenty because technically it is the naming of the Olympics, even though it's twenty twenty-one. So don't mind me saying if I just say Tokyo twenty twenty.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things that's like, what do we call it?
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it's it really stinks what happened, but it's understandable. And yeah, they're still officially branded as the twentieth the twenty twenty Olympiad, so
0: Yeah. So it's it's interesting overall. I mean, going into going into it, let's, let's just say this much. I, I was only looking forward to two things. I, I'm going to diverge from the opening ceremonies just a bit. And the only thing that I was looking forward to was A, the golf. Because as a former wannabe PGA pro <laughs> that I was aspiring to be back in my college years, it it's good to actually see it again on the the main stage of the Olympics, and not only that, I've been listening watching the the softball and the the volleyball. Yeah, but with that, let's kind of go into the opening ceremonies. Now, I I know where we're based. A majority of us watched it via NBC. I had the opportunity to fortunately watch the NHK version, although I've watched it live, so it was at like 2 o'clock in the morning, my time, so that was good ol' fun watching that first thing in the morning. But, overall, how did you guys think of it? I know there was a lot of things going against it, so I know probably things that they wanted to do wasn't at its full potential this this year but overall what you guys thought of the opening ceremony
2: yeah i honestly didn't know what to expect going into it and it was okay for what it was i mean a lot of it was it was a three-hour production and t- almost two full hours oh. of it was just the four
0: four and a half hours four. Oh, that
2: so yeah it was three hours for the, uh, the nbc broadcast I'll, Yeah. Oh, well, I guess when it originally aired, it probably was four hours. Yes. I I went back and watched it on Peacock, so you'll have to forgive me. Uh, And they cut out all the commercials, so it's it's a quick, like, 303. But uh, a huge chunk of it was the Parade of Nations. And, you know, that's to be expected because it takes a long time to get each of the teams in there and stuff. But for what it was, it wasn't too bad. I don't know what I was expecting. It was not what I expected, but... It was interesting and I liked it. I would have liked had they, like NBC did this thing where they kept focusing in on individuals instead of panning back and showing like the full production. And I would have preferred had they just kept the camera pulled back a bit more so we could see a bit more because there were some people who were getting close ups. I was like, I don't know if you're supposed to. Like they just look had this look on
0: their face, like you're not supposed to be looking at me right now, and the camera's like yeah. right there in their and face. I think that was mostly for the U.S. athletes, and, and it's understandable because it's NBC yeah. and it's a U.S. based thing. But they've like I've this is the reason why I was very particular on trying to watch the any other version that wasn't the NBC one because they did yes. things that I did not agree with. But yeah, it's it, it. was very weird to see that production of how NBC handled it this time, especially when it was live.
2: Yeah, I had plans to watch it like live as it aired. Although I think, I th- I think even when it aired last Friday, it would it would have been a recording of it. Just it would have been the first airing because
0: yeah, obviously been, the think opening ceremony was at night. <laughs> I think it would have been the same thing that it was on Peacock. It would have been a short-term yeah. one. And I'm pretty sure what would have happened is they would have done more interviews near the tail end. And that would have just chomped a big part of the time. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair too. And so- if you're someone that don't really, really care about the Olympiads or anything like that on a personal level, it's kind of hard to watch. So you, you saying that doing the individual stuff, I completely understand because Unfortunately, I'm not one to follow all these all, all, all the Olympiads individually. There's only one person I know off of the the American team winter is more my thing as i do that with my my hand going up like this <laughs> winter is more my thing <laughs> the yeah. summer the only reason why i know who was going to be on there was because of the golf <laughs> i i
2: for whatever reason i don't know maybe it's the region that that i live in but it seems like summer is always a bit more of a production than the yeah. the winter it, i i don't know why but I don't know. I, th- I think I'm with you. There's a lot more events I like in the Winter Olympics than I really do in the Summer.
0: So because well, also be- because there are sports there that I know for snowballs chance and hell I will never be able to do in real life. <laughs> That's true.
2: Although I find it interesting that hockey's at the Summer Olympics.
0: Oh yeah. No, it's um, field hockey, I think, because they have oh. a regular hockey. They have a regular hockey. At the 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 winter
2: at the winter one. Okay, I was like, it's the game you play on ice. Like, that it's it's winter. Like like, like it doesn't makes no sense. Like that'd be a summer sporting <laughs> event. It's like, oh yeah, yeah let me go like, out. Uh, let me go. Let me go out in 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 the summer sun and skate on the ice. Like it does not compute. So be
0: like how, like the beginning of uh, Mighty Ducks when they're just playing <laughs> on <down> the
2: streets. <laughs> uh, that's a good that's a good movie. But yeah. I'm not really a sports guy, and, and, like, I haven't watched any, I mean, I don't really have a means to either, but I, I haven't really watched much of the Olympics, and that's fine. I did look at the medal count, and was a little disappointed in what I saw, but.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny, because, like, well well, well, we'll talk about this very slightly, nine of Japan's medals, gold medals, that they have won is from judo. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's very nice. So you take you take judo kinda of out of the equation, then you kinda of understand. <laughs> Overall, for what it was,
2: I think it was pretty good. There's one or two moments that really were held me in awe as far as spectacle went. And that that was the like the big thing for me. Like I'm certain we'll talk more about like individual moments later, so I'll I'll hold what I want to say about those particular things for the moment. But yeah. Yeah, overall, it, you know, it was it it was it was interesting what it was. The parade of nations went on for a little too long. They started replaying some of the tracks, which got really annoying. But uh, you know, it is what it is. With that, what about you,
0: Luna? How did you feel about the the opening ceremonies as a whole?
1: I mean, as a whole, I I feel like it was very toned down. But I also know that was you know a lot of that was pretty much out of their hands. So it was a very mm. chill type of opening ceremony. I, there were a few very memorable events that I know we'll get into later and we'll discuss those individually. I, I always do enjoy the Parade donations just because I like to see what music they'll play. And I also enjoy seeing the teams walk out together and just see their outfits, see the camaraderie, camaraderie with it. However, I mean, I forgot how long it actually goes, because I'm like, oh, I feel dumb, but I didn't realize some of these were countries, and I feel kind of stupid. Because oh, there's... there's
0: one country. There's one country that I, I love that is just, like, the most, like, energy that I felt when I popped when I heard it, and it was the country of Chad. chad And there's only five Olympians in that country, yep. and I was laughing pretty hard. <laughs> So I mean, personally it
2: was... personally Djibouti has always been one of my, my yeah, favorites. Djibouti,
0: yeah, yeah, that's cool. that's, there's like a couple I'm like, yeah, yeah, I bet, man.
1: Oh my favorite No tonga. don't mean to
0: sound yeah, tonga. tonga. I don't mean to sound like very uh very indecisive, but I was just like, man, I love the namings of these countries.
1: Tonga is my favorite for different reasons, not due to names, but due to some very nice oily <laughs> oiliness with it.
0: Oily, oily, oil, oily people. Yes, 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 yes.
1: So, but I mean, I I enjoyed that part. I think for me, despite un, no, you know, despite everything going on, I still expected I I expected more than what I got. So I was disappointed because I I, I do understand my disappointment is all on myself. Because I was very excited about Tokyo 2020 and, you know, there's so much possibility they could have done with it, but, you know, I understand everything's out of their hand. So it was a, you know, they did what they could with it and I think they did a decent job. I think they did the best in the situation they were given. There were some great moments, some very beautiful moments. I do love the scenery. I wish if they would have shown more scenery of like Japan and Tokyo than they did. I understand they just showed like the main big parts, but I would have liked to see a lot more of that. Um, I do occasionally, I've been catching the Olympic Games on and off. I watched some of the swimming. I watched some of the beach volleyball and I'm trying to think. I watched a few other things. Just, I turn it on when I'm working or when I was out and about, it was on the, the some of the restaurants I was at but it, I mean it's it's something you know I'm excited to talk about a few of the, the most memorable moments later on though because I think they were very good and very interesting so Ken what about you what did you think
0: so I'm on the same agreement as you Luda. what they got it, it was all right and You know, NBC had mentioned this like at at least on five different occasions. It was a very relaxed and toned down opening ceremony. And I think that was just them trying to say face of what was going on. And there was a lot of things with this particular opening ceremony that I'm happy of what we got, but I completely understand. Why people were either disappointed or upset at certain things or didn't care. There was probably two or three standout moments that even regular people were fairly amazed by. And we'll we'll, we'll touch on that on a little bit here. But overall, I thought what they got was pretty decent and... Yeah, no, I've. I. Overall, I liked it. If I had to give it a number out of three, it's a solid two. It's a solid two. Like, there's not much you can do with it, especially of what they got. Granted, the plans that they did have originally for it seemed. probably would have bumped it a little bit better, but understandably, how things were, they couldn't. So, with that, let's kind of go into kind of just like breaking it down i guess so overall what was the standout moment that you guys thought really wowed you let's start with you again gray
2: yeah for me the moment i i guess that really well i don't know the there are two big highlights of it and honestly you, you could take it switch uh either one of them but honestly, the part with the drones I think was probably the coolest. It was really awesome just what they did there to have like that like just to have like that floating orb in the sky and so like it it really reminded me me and my wife, we've been watching X-Files as of late and and so it just been, it's really reminded me of like like something you would see out of X-Files is these floating lights but I mean, they really did a wonderful job of it. It's very pretty and I, I thought it was really cool how they just they started off in like different patterns, but then they slowly formed into a version of a globe and, and yeah. the, it started rotating. I thought that was really cool. And uh, that, that to me was really the highlight of like the, probably the biggest highlight of it. I really enjoyed that a lot. So I would say that was probably be
0: my, my favorite. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you on that. Now, What's funny is, obviously, no one knew this was going to happen, so people that live nearby the stadium within a block or two was freaking the hell out because they did not know what the hell those lights were. (laughs) (laughs) Come older and Scully, we got a case for them! (laughs) It it was really funny to see videos of being like, what the hell is going on out there? (laughs) What about you, Luna? How'd you thought about the, the drone part?
1: I loved it that was one of the most memorable moments if not the most memorable because it is very mesmerizing and just being there would have been I'm sure it would have everyone there you can tell it was left in awe and despite not being there watching it on we have a 65 4k tv and seeing it on there you were just mesmerized and just looking at how beautiful it is and I love that fact just seeing the drone like that, the drones like that was just amazing.
0: Yeah, no, I thought it was actually really, really amazing. And such a a spectacle. So it was over 18,000 drones to make that performance happen. And it was was something really cool because they, they mentioned it, because when you first see it, you don't know what the hell that is, first thing. And then... It slowly but surely did this mesmerizing pattern and then when it went to becoming the globe, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And it is one of the the highlights for the opening ceremonies that you could possibly be like, if you didn't watch or didn't care about anything else, you are talking about that particular moment. My My friend who's really big into drones didn't watch it was really hyped about watching that particular part of the performance.
1: And yeah, it's something to be seen. So I I think that's going to leave an impact on future Olympics and and everyone after seeing all those drones up there like that.
0: But yeah, what about you, Luna? What was your, your single thing that you were most impressed by?
1: So the drones is one of them, but the second was... I'm trying to think of how to describe it. But it was the red string where they had the performance of the dancers ah, yes. and the red string, yes, 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 yes. and that's a very significant. Um, how do you say it? Significant image imagery for Japanese culture because the red string is like a tie of destiny. You know, that's a big thing when people get married; they tie the red string. So I love what they did because of how they did the dance. They had it projected on that bottom of screen like that. I thought it was beautifully done, um, but I feel like that was very memorable, especially when you know the meaning behind it. It makes it even more memorable and unique how they did that. And I think even if you don't know the cultural meaning, you still, it, it still would leave an impact on you. And I'm sure a lot of people did look it up later. But I loved that and I just thought it was so well constructed and done and I just was mesmerized.
0: Oh yeah, I I thought it was absolutely amazing and not only if you didn't know about, you know, the Kaito stuff, if you didn't even know that about Japanese culture, the fact that it was connecting the dots I like how, how they pretty much spent this entire segment, how they connect the dots of becoming the the body and the heart and how it unfolds and it shows the heart, the beating heart of the so-called athletes and how we're all connected through that experience. It it really was very interesting to kind of see that and how they, they started the, it with that is they, they had that, that single athlete and it showed how that one advantage of just meeting and how we're connected and how everyone is kind of connected throughout the world is the imagery that they tried to do with that was absolutely amazing and I love that and they did that both physically and through a 3D projection so that was really cool.
1: Yeah it, it was it was a very meaningful performance and I think it fit very well with this particular Olympics due to everything going on. And how everyone really is tied together in the world and how everyone is affected, how we all meet. I mean, it's all like a string of red fate, a kaito. So i I so glad they included that in the Olympics and added that to their performance because it had meaning to everyone.
2: Yeah, that, that's the one part of the opening ceremonies I really wish I had seen from like the NHK broadcast because this is one of the segments that I really got because NBC kept zooming in on individual people throughout the thing. And it kept ruining like the overall experience for me. And I would have loved to have seen the, the broader picture that they were trying to paint. And, I'm going
0: to be straight. I'm going to be straight with you, gray. It was the same feed. Um, um, pretty much until we got to the walk, it was the exact same feed for every single channel. Uh, Okay
2: well then i'll share the same criticism across the board i would have loved like it was a really cool thing and i loved seeing it i thought it was brilliant but the fact that they kept zooming in on everybody i was like well you know like it 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 really Hmm. interrupted like the the whole picture that they were trying to paint and i would have loved to have seen seen that much better but you know it was a really cool thing and i'm glad they did it and it, it was a for what you could tell it was a really cool spectacle
0: no i I agree with you on that part, where if you could have saw the whole broader picture, I think it would have been a little bit more impactful it it is how it is though unfortunately they they try to do this whole thing of it, how we're all connected and that's they want to focus on that, then that's what they're gonna want to focus unfortunately.
2: Yeah no, I, and like I understand why they did what they did, but to me it would have been better had they uh, just pulled back the camera a bit.
0: Yeah, j- just a bit. Yeah no, I I completely understand. So, I guess we'll we'll go on to mine, and so it's it's interesting. There's a couple things that I absolutely really liked, and things that I didn't really like as well. But the the things that I would have to point out was the the traditional style of how they implemented a festival. I really liked how they did this construction part and they had these traditional dancers working on it and doing this like this tap dancing thing. I kind of really liked that. That was something that you don't really see on Japan's side a tap dancer. And I thought that was very interesting. Apparently, they got a really famous Japanese tap dancer to perform this. His name was Kumagai Kasunori. And it really just showed the more festival side of Japan. That, you know, you think of Japan, summertime, and party, and like the festival of Obon. It really had that image. And the fact that, they carved the Olympic symbols out of wood from trees that were originally bought from the 60, the, the, the original Tokyo Olympics, was really something great. And showed that they did remember their past kind of thing and implemented it for a future thing.
1: I, I agree, I thought that was actually really interesting. I was very I, I thought it was really unique what they did with the wood blocks and I was fascinated with the tap dancing as I mean he was amazing. and just seeing that I, I didn't expect anything like that.
2: Yeah, that was a wild performance. and I really liked how they they really did it. I loved when they were like pushing out the lanterns and you could you could kind of and you like they had like, originally the three rings that came together. And then they 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 started pulling, and it's oh, so the middle ring folded out and became and it became the five rings. Like that was really cool, and I, I thought it was really pretty, and it was nice to like to see like that, like that festival style culture get honored and recognized. I thought it was really well done.
0: Yeah, and obviously for me, a runner up would have to be the pictographs because they mentioned this. If you guys don't know. So the reason why we have the images for the Olympics was because during that time of the original Tokyo Olympics, they were one of the first Asian countries that was chosen to host and they didn't know how to convey the the sport that was being played. So they had these wonderful little like images and to show all the sports and things like that and the fact that they had a pictograph live action version to show all the different sports was actually really cool and really amazing and that was another highlight that I would like to point out as well
2: yeah that was my runner up too like that was like really really cool like the whole time they were doing that I just had a big smile on my face and I thought it was really clever Uh, I did feel bad there was one part where he he dropped he, one he, of the props. He dropped it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> and
2: I was like, well, you know, <laughs> it that, is what it showed is. that shows that
0: it was actually live compared to a, yes. a filmed thing. Oh, yeah. And I, I love the gag
2: where one of the pictograms was the um, embroidery on the dude's shirt. <laughs> like, that yeah, was... Yeah. Like, they, they were really clever how they did some of them. Like, one of them was a hand that they had maneuvered in a particular manner. Like it, it was wild. And I, I thought that was a really cool production. And the fact that they did all 50 of them was really cool.
1: Oh, yeah. I found it very fascinating. And I thought that was a unique type of um, event they brought to the opening ceremony. And I like it because they showed the history Of the, you know, in the Olympics, like how the, you know, with the pictographs. And I loved that. I love that they brought that uniqueness. And it, it was just something I haven't seen before. So I, I, I like the creativeness that they brought to it because I, I kind of feel like what Tokyo did is they added a lot of aspects they haven't brought before and being cultural aspects, but also with a beautiful creative stylish look and it kept people really interested and it just made for a it just made for a beautiful ceremony despite it being very more toned down it was very relaxing to see these type of events they incorporated into the opening ceremony
0: so with that let's kind of talk about the musical aspect of it after all we are a a japanese music podcast so we have to mention it unfortunately there wasn't a huge thing of artists, so to speak, during this time around that that prior Olympics probably would have had. And I completely understand, due to everything that was going on, that they probably couldn't do the whole shebang that they wanted to do. So, l- let's start of the two musical guests that they brought on. And the first one is someone that we should have saw it coming that we just never thought about when we did our predictions. And that was the vocalist Mishia who did the Japanese national Anthem. And what did you guys think of, of having Mishia on to do such a, a monumental thing for her country?
1: I, I, um, I believe Mishio was the perfect choice, and I can't believe I didn't see it coming. She's always been a big part of Kohaku for the NHK, and she always does a stellar performance. She is great vocal. She's always classy. I mean, she always looks very nice. And I feel like she's a great representation for Japan, especially singing the national anthem, having someone of her stature on there. I mean, she's been in the industry for very, very long time. She's established herself. And not only that, she has the vocals to back it up and give a beautiful performance, which is what she did. I I cannot say how blown away I was. And her it, not just her vocals, but she just looked gorgeous. Her outfit was very beautiful. And I felt like it was very, it, it matched the Olympics perfectly. I just think she fit right in and did did the national anthem justice.
2: Yeah, no, she did a fantastic job and Misha is really is a talent and I'm I'm glad she was there. But yeah, I I completely forgot to really factor her in, but obviously she was a shoe in and uh, she did a really good job with the national I can't I don't think I've ever heard the Japanese national anthem. So it was really nice to hear that and really just enjoy that. I thought she'd done a fantastic job.
0: Yeah, no. I, 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 when I saw it and it said Mishio was a part of it. And when I saw her, I was just like, we are so stupid. This is a lady who nearly broke her back and showed up three weeks later for the Kohaku. Of course, NHK is going to somehow award her with something. <laughs> and... It's it's a very amazing thing to see the spectacle of how she came out with that dress. It's a n- beautiful white dress with with the Olympic colors on the frills of it. It was really good. And like like you, Gray, you know, we're we're not really exposed to the Japanese national anthem unless you really watch the Olympics or really just love Japan or any other country for that matter. We're not really in tune of the other country's national anthems because of where we're based. So it was very surprising to hear a rendition of it done by Misha.
1: Oh, I, I completely agree. And it just, it was phenomenal. I, I'm, I, and after watching Misha perform, I don't even know who I would have picked to perform it. Cause her, her performances that is so good. I don't think, I couldn't think of another artist to be able to top that.
2: Yeah, it would be hard to, figure out someone who might would be able to do a superior performance especially that's still in the industry
0: yeah like I I probably can't think of anyone of of her stature within the industry that probably would have done it justice as well but let's talk about the second artist that Appeared on it, and it's kind of an ifling of if you call her an artist or not, because she technically doesn't sing; she's more of a composer. But you know, she is an artist in the industry, and that is Hiromi Uehara, or mostly known as Hiromi in the jazz community. And she is a jazz composer and pianist. And she she comes to the to the west a lot. She actually performs during the due to the blue note circuit she was actually supposed to be performing in hawaii before everything kind of shut down but it is what it is and she, her part of the performance was very interesting she was probably one of the last couple of things that they they did before they did the torch run and it was implemented with a kabuki performance and uh, it it was kind of unfortunate how they did this because they kind of did half and half where it was mostly focusing on the Kabuki form- performance and then focusing on Hiromi for the majority and then went back to it. But I can kind of understand because of how they did the dance and what they were trying to do with the Kabuki performance. But I, I just wish that it was just a little bit more separate overall. That- that's my only gripe to be honest.
1: I was going to say, I, I do agree because I, I felt like I was divided. I loved watching that Kabuki performance. And then when it dived into Hidomi, I, you know, I loved seeing her, her outfit. I loved her playing the piano and her facial expressions because she just expresses her emotions so well. And you can tell she had so much fun in that performance, but I didn't like that it went to one, then the other, but then back to the other. And I feel like it did take away from the performance as a whole. But it was very, very unique, and I just this also reminded me how much I love Hidomi, and I I know she's big in the international community, and I don't even you know. So when I saw her, I'm like, oh, it makes sense they had her on here. But at the same time, I'm like, man, I really never would have thought of that either.
2: And I will say, I wanted to see the more of the kabuki that because it was really cool when they were doing that, and. I, I really love Kabuki. Th- it's like a idea. I've never sat down and watched a Kabuki play, but to me, they seem like they'd be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm glad that they were able to honor Kabuki in the opening ceremony the way that they did. I thought it was really cool. And yeah, right right before they did the uh, lighting thing, it was like the next last thing they did. So it was really cool. Hiromi was really cool. I thought she... W- did a really good job. She done a great performance on the piano, and I mean, really, she has a great style. I, lo- I loved her hair. Like I've always wanted to be able to pull that off in real life, and I just I cannot do it. But she really rocked it, and I really enjoyed that aspect of it. And yeah, it was really cool seeing her go go at it like that. Like she really was. All over, the, uh, all over the piano, and playing in a in some manner that is unconventional. But it sounded really cool, and it sounded really good. So, like when she's, like, fisting the piano, like it, it, it worked. I, I don't think p- fisting's the right word, but yes, uh, punching the <laughs> piano <laughs> when she was emotionally
0: playing the
2: piano (laughs) well i mean she had a giant smile on her face the whole time so i I don't know i don't know if emotional is the word i would use but yes a joy emotions of joy joy joy. yeah 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 (laughs) like she like she was having a good time and she was i yeah like i said I, i thought it was really cool i thought she did a great job
0: yeah no i thought it was very interesting to have her as well and for a piano performance there's not really much I could think of unfortunately we're not into that part of the the industry to kind of know who would have been el- who would have else been chosen during that time so
1: yeah I I have no idea who they would have chose so I I'm glad they did pick her because I think she was a good choice but it makes you wonder you know that they only had two music you know like Japanese like artist I guess I'm trying to think musical acts because they also had the Suginami Junior Chorus but I meant like actual musicians it kind of makes you wonder what other ones they would have picked besides these two if it would have been a more uh, if everything wasn't going on like it has been however I think the two choices they picked were really good and a great representation of what Japan has to offer. Although I do wish if there was more. Because it's only. Th- those two artists are just like a tad bit. Of you know what. Yeah. I'm sure so many people would want to see. And what we all expected.
0: Yeah no that that's for darn sure. I mean it it's unfortunate what happened. But it is what it is kind of thing. But with that. Let's continue on to the the main event. I guess I should say for this. And that was the the country athlete walk here and so there is a couple things that we have to mention and <laughs> obviously the the parade of nations started with Greece and as it as it always does and the fact that when they started the music cues you can kind of hint what was going to be the first song and as soon as i heard the first music peak of that particular song i was like gray is going to have a huge smile on his face
2: and you're right 100% oh man yeah when
0: it when it had that intro right when you first heard it i was just like i think i think gray already knows what this song is and he's going to love it
2: It was one of the few times I actually screamed at the TV, thank God I was here by myself, because, man, when I heard that, I was like, yes! And it it really fits so well with the Olympiad. Like, it it almost sounded like it was a song that was written for the Olympiad, but it's not. And, yeah, I absolutely loved it. uh, Obviously, the song that we're talking about is the Dragon Quest fanfare. And uh, yes, particularly uh Roto's theme, yes, yes, and it, it was really nice. I was so, so excited to hear that. and uh the uh I, I love the ending too when they they played the like the outro of it. It was just like, yes, <laughs> it was so cool.
0: I really liked it, so, Luna, I think I know this is probably a little bit out of your element. But what did you think of that first song for Greece particularly? Oh, we'll go over a huge broad topic of it, but I know that this first particular song was pretty important because it is for Greece and they only really played it around this time.
1: <laughs> I mean, I thought it was a nice piece and it
0: was fitting. So, I I guess with that Was there another theme that you were familiar that was played during this time, Luna?
1: Oh, well, I wasn't really... I swore I heard Zelda at one point, but I could have been wrong.
0: Unfortunately, Zelda was not a part of it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So that shows my music reference because I don't play a lot of video games. I'm just going to be honest. I, I think I recognize Sonic.
0: Yeah, a Sonic song was in there and Kill was going absolutely bonkers when I told him that that particular song was was doing was in it.
1: <laughs> and that was probably the only thing I recognized. Like some of it sounded recognizable, but being honest, for me, I I I can't tell you, you know, unless I've played that game freaking constantly, then I can probably tell you what the you know, some of it goes to But a lot of it, I recognized it because I want to say I thought I heard a Final Fantasy piece.
0: Yes, you are correct.
1: So that would probably be really it for me that was iconic would be the Sonic and Final Fantasy. I can't exactly tell you what sections they played in because I was trying to figure out like, okay, what is this from? What is this from? And of course, when you're trying, I was trying to Shazam it and it wasn't popping up.
0: Yeah. So, I, I guess this will be more of a talk between me and you than, Gray. So, I, I have a feeling, yes. When they did do the Dragon Quest theme song with Roto's theme, obviously the next song that they did right after Greece, they, they, they went in the Japanese alphabetical order, was the Final Fantasy Victory Fanfare. I kind of yes. popped when I heard that, to be honest. That it was really nice.
2: <laughs> that was really nice. I was still coming off the Euphoria from Dragon Quest, so... So I was like, "Oh yes, that was really cool." But I was I was already already up really high. Uh, the first time I heard the Olympus theme from Kingdom Hearts was really cool. The seventh yeah, time, the, I, the the third time I heard Olympic,
0: it, I was like the the Olympic Coliseum song. Yes, and it's you know for for me obviously the when I heard that they were like at. As soon as I heard the Monster Hunter theme, which was the third song, I was like, oh, they're just going to do video game music. So eventually they're going to play the Kingdom Hearts Hercules theme. And once again, they did. And I'm like, I didn't mind because the fact of the theme that they are. I didn't mind the fact that they played it over and over yeah, It, it I, does get a little degrading, but I understand the theme that they were trying for. Well, I will say, honestly, I mean,
2: I'm glad they, they went first with what they went first with. But because it's from Disney... Because it, it, the Colosseum is Disney's Hercules, which is loosely yeah. based off of Greek mythology. I think, honestly, that would have been a more appropriate song for Greece to
0: walk in on than what they did. But So, they did... Do the heroes' fanfare one, which is the victory theme from the Coliseum as well. Yes, yes, they did. So it was very interesting that they pretty much did every song from Kingdom Hearts that included from the Olympus yes. Olympic part. So,
2: yeah, and and so like, like I said, it was very fitting. I thought it was like really really cool, and uh, yeah, and I, I will say like, uh, I the they halfway through like they started repeating the music. Which kind of stunk, but I only heard, ever heard the oh "Song of the Ancients" from near once. Maybe, hmm. maybe, maybe they replayed it, and I just totally missed it. But I, I only heard that they, once.
0: Was the "Song of the Ancients" the one that they had the vocals with? Yes. Yeah, they played it about two or three times.
2: Oh, okay. I don't know why I didn't hear it the other two times then, because uh, yeah, yeah, I did hear it once though and i, I like yep. that song a lot too i thought that was really cool i just finished playing both the near and near automata so i was like oh hey recent game you know getting through things i i i had good timing
0: yay me
2: uh, so
0: one one of the things is like they they picked like a bunch of japanese games obviously from from this and the the list kind of goes on you got your hits from they got Dragon Quest. They got Final Fantasy. They got a lot of the JRPG stuff out of the way. They got songs from the Tales series. They got Chrono Trigger. They got Monster Hunter. They did all the... The theme song for Monster Hunter, my friend, was probably, like, shedding himself when he heard that. <laughs> so, but the, there was that. They for, for some strange reason, they did Ace Combat as well, which was kind of just like, okay. The Pro Evolution Soccer one ironically they did it during brazil which was hella funny in my <laughs> ironic sense
2: <laughs> i mean brazil is known for their soccer so yeah, a little too so on the nose really
0: <laughs> it's really funny that they did that <laughs> the, they did a gradius song the they did a soul caliber song for the the brave new stage of history so basically the intro song which was really really funny i thought they, they like i did mention they did do a sonic the hedgehog song they did Fantasy Star Universe and Fantasy Star Series. I thought that was really <laughs> strange overall as well. But- oh, one
2: of the strange songs that I, I really thought was, uh, and I really wish uh, I, I'm on um, a site that uh, chronicled it, and they, they don't have exactly which Tales game it's from, but one of the Tales of games, they did the Royal Capital uh. Matt, uh royal Cap- capital, majestic, grandeur, and maybe maybe Grandier is like one of the cities in the games. And cause like I've played almost every Tales game that's gotten an English release, and I didn't hear anything that I found recognizable. But it's been a long time since I played a Tales of game, so and I'm assuming it would be one of the more popular ones in Japan. So.
0: It's for
2: Grace, I believe. Tales of Grace. Oh yeah, yeah. I love that. That that is one of my favorite Tales of games. So it's it's been so Uh, long since I played that game.
0: Yeah. So yeah, it was for Tales of Grace, I believe. So yeah, there's that. The
2: the hardest Tales game, which (laughs) I I love the combat system. So I think I'm a, a rare breed on that one.
0: So obviously there is one, one glaring admission of all the games that I mentioned, and one of them is Nintendo, and you know, thankfully, how we did this podcast or how we did this particular episode is we're, we're doing it a week after it originally aired with the with the opening ceremony, so we got to see stuff that was originally planned and one of the things that they originally planned not as a a thing for the Pride of Nations song but for a performance was to have a Nintendo and Mario themed one so obviously i think they they probably wouldn't have been in the pride of, the pride of nations regardless but i think the reason why there was no Nintendo music was the fact that it was going to have its own separate thing and it just fell through. And that that's a shame, but it is how it is because of how heavily themed the Nintendo stuff was going to be back when in 2016 with Rio and they had um, then prime minister Abe receiving the the torch and the everything in a Mario hat and a Mario theme kind of way. So it was interesting Or it was. It's it's kind of sad to see that that deal with Nintendo didn't fall through.
1: I agree. I think that would have been something spectacular if that that didn't fall through. Because I I have a like you said, Ken. I think they would have had their own segment, and they probably had something very very special planned.
2: Yeah, and you know. A lot. A lot of people associate, you know, Nintendo with Japan. Like Mario is kind of an unofficial ambassador of Japan. So it, it was one of those things where it was a little sad that they wound up not being able to do that. And I don't know why at the like for whatever reason they ultimately decided not to. But. You know, it is what it is, and I, I know Nintendo's kind of notorious for being difficult to work with. You'd think they'd make an exception for the Olympics, and I, I guess at one point they had made an exception, but maybe they, they changed their mind They, they, or already,
0: they already had a, a thing planned, but the thing is because, well, A, they lost so many things, and probably just the amount of people that they needed to do it probably wasn't going to fly with everything going on right now. So that, that's one that's true. big glaring glaring thing. I, I'm pretty sure how they wanted to do everything was exactly how they had it or was originally planned. But because of just how everything kind of fell through and restrictions and all that, it just, it is what it is. Because hell, they're, they're, they're pimping the hell out of that Tokyo Olympic, the Sonic and Mario Olympic Games game. So why not have and, the, the mascot of that you have one of them already on there. Yeah, <laughs> being a part of, part of it. So it's pretty sure it's probably having to do with what they originally planned probably wasn't up to the standard that they had to have been permitted to do so. I'm not signing with IOC or anything like that. I'm just... It's probably... That's what freaking happened. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that's what happened as well.
0: So, there, there's one little thing that I guess we got to talk about here before we kind of wrap up everything. And what was one kind of, like I guess, disappointment that you guys were expecting from the opening ceremony... Let's start with you, Gray.
2: Yeah, I was on, honestly, and uh, I'm this be it out of ignorance or anything because I, I can't remember if we said this on air. I know we talked about it off air, but like the last ele- uh, opening ceremony I watched was London, and that was over. That was twelve years ago now, so it was like it, it's been a long time. So I didn't know what to expect going into this, and honestly, I thought they would lean. A, into a little bit more of Japanese modern culture. And they really didn't do that. They really, I mean, they did have like everybody coming out to video game music and stuff like that. But honestly, if you're not in the know, you wouldn't know. And while that was really cool and a nice touch, like, like I was expecting like some more modern cultural stuff, like obviously like the idols and stuff like that. And... I get why they probably didn't do it, and they there originally they might have had more planned in that regard, but due to you know everything going on in Japan and just the current situation and everything, they probably wound up having to sh- uh, shift a few things, and they really leaned more into more. Traditional Japanese culture, which was really cool. I'm glad they did it. I don't. I don't think they made the the wrong decision. I think they they definitely made the right decision in that regard. But it was just something that I wasn't expecting, and I was really hoping to get this like, like a little bit more like the modern flair. But it, it's a very minor
0: thing overall. No, I I agree to you to a point. They should have had something to represent the modern. But the thing is, I. Don't want that to be the main part, and I think how they balanced everything was it was alright to a point. I I do agree they should have had something to to do the modern stuff. Granted, that could just be the the drone part because Japan loves drones now. But <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: and uh, I mean I didn't want it to be the whole ceremony, by all means, yeah. like just like um a, a wink and a nod if anything. And like I said, I mean. Like I said, you did have everybody coming out to video game music, which was cool. I'm not gonna lie, that like, that was really cool, and and I that, think they had some really mod-
0: modern things. Yeah. They did have some more modern games of that generation. Yeah, that you probably wouldn't think of being in here because, for goodness sake, there was a near song. So. I was I was gonna say like near is
2: like man, it had because like near was super niche, and then. Automata just blew up the whole franchise. Yeah, it would have been nice to see the Daichi doing something on stage, but you know, it is what it is.
1: So, I think for me is I really wanted more J-pop and more music type events. Like, I would have loved to see Adoshi do something, you know, and I know even though they're on hiatus now, but Well,
0: not not even that. It would be near damn impossible because of them them being the anchors of it. They they they. I I thought Odyssey was going to be a part of it as well. But the fact that when before they did the pre show, uh, this this is just something that if you watched it the NHK version, you would have saw. The, the NHK version was off site. They weren't in the villas at all. So. The fact that they weren't even in the villas hinted that they weren't even going to be a part of it. And that's that that, that was my whole thing. Uh, unfortunate, that's how it is. As soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, I have to turn back my expectations from that.
1: Yeah, and if I would have watched the NHK version, I would have had the same reaction of you. I, I had hope that they would include more musical acts than they did. But at the same time, like, I wanted it to happen, but I had very little expectations for it due to the state of everything going on. Although I did expect more than they gave us, especially music wise. I, I also expected them putting in some anime themes versus just all video game themes. And I guess because a mm. lot of Japan does push that cool Japan and they do push a lot of the anime stuff and it's big internationally so i actually thought something along those lines would be incorporated in it
0: i i also think is that by the time that they were going to plan to do it they could not get the the singers for it and i think they wanted the singers not the instrumentals
1: yes and and that makes sense and i do understand that and i i've, I've I mean I'm not saying I was expecting any of that but I was hoping we would get a little bit of that or a little bit more musical wise than they gave us and also like when Korea did the Winter Olympics a lot of the a lot of them came out to big K-pop songs and I was kind of hoping something like that would happen I was actually more expecting it and it didn't happen but
0: it's yeah I, I completely understand like like there's there was some gripes that i saw after after this this is another thing why how we saw it really impacted us because you have that outliers that said where was the j-pop where was japanese music compared to where it wasn't why was it only jrpgs or more of that style why wasn't there more well-rounded japanese music or even to the point of why wasn't there even any anime music kind of thing. And I, I completely understand the kind of thing. Like, obviously there were people going absolutely freaking crazy to the fact that there was no Persona music at all during this. And that's arguably one of their... Japan's one of the bigger JRPG franchises as of right now. So, but I think also because if you put a Persona song there and you don't put 5 people are going to complain. I already know yes. that's going to happen. 100%. If you did not put if you put a persona song and you did not put anything from 5, people would have complained as hell regardless of what was going to be put on. Even if you put the 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 the, the velvet room song, I think people would have been like, that's not the velvet room song from 5. So, uh, it, it, it. and I completely understand. Trust me. I was very iffy on the fact that they didn't lean more into the j-pop side but also the difference between the korean the korean olympics the winter olympics and this one was the fact that unfortunately not much people know uh, korean music outside the k-pop that is really relevant to everyone's style and I'm pretty sure that's the reason why they did what they did. And obviously because they they don't have what's going on right now. I think it's more so the people that they wanted to bring in didn't want to go in the bubble. And I think that's another reason.
1: Yeah. and And that's what I figured is something along those lines happened. So, I mean... I wouldn't say I'm disappointed. I'm glad I watched it. I thought it was, you know, a relaxing ceremony. I just expected more from it than I got.
2: And something I do, I do want to point out because I know, I know it's, it's going to be weird for the three of us because, you know, we've really, we've really been into anime for a long time and stuff, but anime has not really like exploded except within like the past three or four years and you know they really plan these game you know the you know the olympiads like s- several years out in advance and 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 i think part of maybe the reason why there wasn't that much anime representation at the opening ceremony just might be they hadn't planned like it was t- like the anime explosion had happened too late for it to go into the planning phase
0: uh, you can't like- say that but you can't say that without saying well, then why was half of the the people that were chosen for the Olympics for the images were all from anime? Oh, that's true. Because you got Goku, too. you got Luffy, you got Doraemon. Uh, yeah, you, oh. you, you, you can't say that without bringing that but um thing, yeah. that's a that's a good point yeah and
1: anime has expanded way more than just in the last three years it's just newer shows like demon slayer blown up but i mean it's been around for way longer than and been way bigger longer than that
0: but yeah i mean you can you can say i was disappointed about certain things overall for me I wasn't expecting much because I was keeping very close track of how this lovely, lovely Jalopy was treading across the finish line. And just hit after hit that that production took, especially with the ongoing pandemic, did not help anyone to be to be completely honest. So I wasn't looking forward to things, obviously it would have been nice to have certain things that we wanted but I wasn't too upset or too disappointed of what we got so to speak and and I know that's uh, I kind of want to say what I usually say is I can't change the past or change what we saw because it it's our present, we can't we can't really change it and what was what was already going to be there was going to be there unfortunately, and it it is what it is kind of thing and being mad about something that wasn't there or what could have been is really just a kind of a waste of time in my point of view,
1: yeah, like I agree I, I mean there were things. I was disappointed weren't in there. However, there was a lot of enjoyable performances and very memorable ones. The drones, the Akaito, I thought Misha and Hiromi, their performances were great. And the Suginami Choir Chorus. I mean, I mean, there was a lot of memorable events in there. Yes, I expected more, but all in all, I mean, I think they did the best with what they had and. Especially with the ongoing crisis right now, so I mean, I found it enjoyable and and I'm glad to see you know them make the best of it.
2: Yeah, the, the, I mean that's the thing. At the end of the day, they really did make the best of what they had, and you got to give them a lot of credit for that. I think they did a standout job with it, and you know, uh, it, I I'm I agree with Ken. It you know, there's no point in like, getting upset over it. You know. You know, it, it is what it is, and you know, I'm, I'm just glad that they were able to hold them, You know, hold the Olympiad this year. You know, I don't really watch that many of the events, but it's something that I'm always super glad that we still have as a society that we can all just kind of come together, forget about the petty stuff, and you know, kind of just like have some fun with some sports. And uh, as you know, I, I think that's a something very valuable that the Olympics offers, and I'm really glad that they were able to. You know, hold it in spite of all all the things going on in the world, and I wish the athletes the best.
0: Yeah, with that, you know, that was our lovely extended coverage of the the opening ceremony here, and I I don't know if you guys will watch the closing ones. I'll probably kind of just keep my eye on it, just just for sakes, because I don't know what they're gonna do. But I'm not really expecting much off of it, mostly because they're probably going to pass on everything then. But usually they kind of try to do a spectacle for the closing as well. Just not as grand as the opening, obviously, but I'll kind of keep my eyes on that. And if something does pop up, I'll let you guys know for the most part. With that, let's continue on to the Oricon here. And this week was interesting. (laughs)
2: That's a word you could
0: use to describe this week's work.
1: <laughs> yes, it was.
0: Yeah, I think we would have had a better talk last week. <laughs> but it is what it is. So let's continue on to number 10. It is Sekai Wa Mada Hajimatte Surarenai Slash Potato Ninata by the lovely Wonder Ice Showtime. And this is for the lovely Bushiroad Sekai Colorful Stage featuring Hatsune Miku. So this is their Bushirode's Hatsune Miku rhythm game that they are doing here. And this is actually the first release from that project. And (laughs) what did we think of it? (laughs) Let's start with you, Luna.
1: I despised it. I don't know if that's the right <laughs> word, but it, this was not to my liking. There we go. That's better. So I did not care for... At all. As soon as I heard it, I had to stop what I was doing and look at my phone. And I was like, what the bleep is this? I do not like this. And I was like, when it was over, I was like, oh, thank God. And potato ni nate iku was okay but i still didn't like it i i don't know if it i i feel like for me one it was two anamus, you know which is expected however i do like my anime music this just wasn't it and i'm not big into vocal later or hatsune miku so that could be another part of why it wasn't for me but I didn't care for the vocals at all. It just, something about it threw me off, and I just could not get into either track.
2: Yeah, for me, it, it was definitely interesting, and I will say Potato Ni Nate Iku is the superior song of the two, but it, it was a, a little bit all of over, all over the place. Sekai wa Mada Tsukmade uh, su- uh, Saru, Surai nai is
0: Hajimate nai.
2: Thank you uh, Yeah, Hajimate nai. It, it It's an Interesting song, it's a little bit all over the place uh, To say the least But uh, You know, it is what it is And uh, I, I could see it being For a game, it really sounded like Something that you would hear as in like a Rhythm beat game, which I think is what They were going for so that they
0: succeeded. <laughs> I mean that that that's that's pretty much it at the end of the game. If you're not at the end of the day, if you're not really for these rhythm games, because you can you can tell what what parts are for a song. That is for the beat of the game. You can obviously tell. And sekai wa mada Hajimate suranai is that it is all over place and it is there just to be a rhythm ass. Beat game, and you can tell that just by one listen. Now, potato ni nateiku, it, it had that grandeur style, but it's it's still not enough to save this for me. I I kind of was just like meh, and I'm kind of like meh on this project overall. Even though this is Bushiroad for me, but regardless, Sekai wa. Mada sa and I slash so they lovely twenty two thousand six hundred and ninety two points and going on up to number nine, it is once again the lovely Sangenshoku by Yao Sobi now, I didn't get to hear what you originally thought of this song gray, so could you fill me in? if you thought it was all right or not
2: yeah it's okay i i don't know like Yal yasobi is a group that i have learned that i i like them i like they tend to churn out like really good music but i'll listen to it say i like it and then just never go back and really listen to it and that's really the rut i found myself in with yasobi i'm like oh you know it's okay there's nothing particularly bad or wrong with this song it's just I don't know. This is, like it's good,
0: and that's all I can really say about it. So, is this the same way how you felt about official Hige?
2: Yeah, I, I, they're, they're they're very similar. Yeah, it's like uh, I will say official Hige actually has a couple more tracks I really like than Yasobi does. Like Yosobi, I think like has like one track that I downloaded to my phone and. Yeah, every time they crop up with a new song, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I'll listen to it and I'll, I'll like it. And, you know, I'll, I'll talk positively about it on the show. But after we stop recording, I, I don't really think about it ever again. And just like, oh, okay, we're, we're kind of done with that now. And, you, you know, it, it it's uh, it, it's just that rut I've, I've hit in with them. And
0: I wish I liked them more than what I do. But, yeah, with that, this week... This week, Sang and Shoku sold a wonderful 25,046 points. And going on up to number 8, it is Dynamite by BTS. Just won't die, it was gone last week and it just keeps keeps climbing up here. This week, it sold a lovely 25,446 points. And going on up to number 7, it is Dry Flower by U.D. Once again, obviously his biggest song, so not really surprising that it's on here. But this week, it sold a lovely 26,529 points. And then once again, going on up to number six, it is Kaibutsu Slash Yes to by Yoa Sobi. Once again, the only reason why I see this kind of being up here once again was because of the fact that Base Stars has made its international release from Netflix jail, so I would see that Kaibutsu is lumped in with Yashisisei so it is going to be up there just a tad bit more and this week it's all day lovely 27,175 points and going on up to number 5 it is Crybaby by Official dondism now this is the first time that both of you have been on that I've been on that Crybaby was on here what did you guys originally think of Crybaby?
1: So... I Going back and re-listening to it, because the first time I heard it, I kind of pushed it aside, and I think it was because I just wasn't ready for more Official Hige, and I really enjoyed I Love. However, revisiting Crybaby, I love it because it feels like a reintroduction to Official Hige for me, and a refresher, as it's different than a lot of their last titles that have run together. And I I love what they did with Crybaby, and I feel like it got me it got me back into l- re-listening to them because for a while I did feel a little just underwhelmed I would say underwhelmed slash overwhelmed because it was a combination I think Crybaby is Crybaby though is a great reintroduction though especially for me I enjoyed it I love the composition and the vocals it just felt very new to me.
2: Uh, Yeah, no, uh, I like Cry Baby a lot. Actually, I think this is probably one of their best songs in quite a long time. And uh, I think part of the reason why I like it is I've watched... I need to get caught up because I'm way behind. I've only watched the first four episodes of Tokyo Revengers. But this is used as the opening theme for that show. And it, it really fits it really well. And it's one of those times where it's like the the pairing just perfectly matches together and i I really really just enjoyed it and I really think that you know they've gotten over their hump I guess like the problem I was having with them I think they're past it and i I'm eager to see what they do next I think this is probably their best i need to actually add it to my library because i haven't done that yet so maybe it's a good thing we're talking about this because uh, yeah it's a good song so, it's 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 one of their best yeah
0: yeah so i'll mention both things that you guys both mentioned this is a kind of great reintroduction to them and it is probably one of their best songs mostly because they stopped trying to chase the pretender clout that they had And I think they finally accepted it with this release. I don't know if they'll still continue with that. I think they just need to be them and just let their music kind of speak and not trying for them to chase after pretenders like they have been for the past two years. And I really like the fact that this particular song for Cry Baby does an eerie... I guess, offbeat style of how they did the composition and the vocals. And that was something that I absolutely really did like about Cry Baby. And it was a part of my own Gakuga at the time when it was released because of that, that off-putting style that they tried to do with this particular track.
1: Yeah, I I agree. And I this is probably one of my, let's just say there are a lot of tracks i do like by official hige but crybaby definitely jumped up there and put them back on the map for me and got me back re-back into them so i'm so happy they're still on the oricon and doing very well with crybaby
2: yeah it, i am looking forward to see what they do next and uh yeah i'm, I'm glad it's still on here because uh, you know it gave us an opportunity to sit down and talk about it gave me an opportunity to go back and redownload and actually download it because i never got around to doing that so
0: but yeah, this week Crybaby Baby sold a lovely 27,494 points here And going on up to a collab track It is called You by Millennium Parade and the vocalist Bell So this was the ending theme song for the anime movie You to sobakasu no Hime Which is making the rounds right now in the Japanese cinema And I think it made its debut internationally as well I believe, like, maybe a week or two ago, Timber was talking about it. But what did you guys think of this track overall? Let's start with you, Gray.
2: Yeah, it was definitely an interesting number. I really liked it, and I really thought it was fun and enjoyable. Uh, I don't see myself going back and listening to it, though. It was... Uh, I'm not going to say it's, like, in that in that regard, but... I know it was like a good track, but it's just not it's not what I'm looking for when I'm listening to music so uh I liked it and I think it's a solid track overall but i I'm not gonna you know down download it or add it to my Apple music library anytime soon and I'm not too familiar with the movie or anime series that it's attached to. I've never heard of it no just
0: just a movie it's it's oh. it's, it's being dubbed as like what's that online movie? Summer Wars?
2: Oh, yeah. I love Summer Wars. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's being, being dubbed like that.
2: Oh, okay. I, well, now I need to go see this movie because I love Summer Wars. It's like one of my favorite movies of all time. So, uh, yeah. But, yeah. I'm eager to check out the movie it's attached to. But other than that, I, I don't really have too much more I can say about this.
1: So, I thought You by Millennium Parade slash Bell was... It was nice. I... I love the combination of it. It did, I mean, it's obviously for an anime. And upon hearing it without knowing it was for a movie, I automatically kind of thought this is probably tied to an anime by the sound. But I thought it was like a nice, pleasant surprise. And I mean, there's not too much I can say, to be honest. I know I'll check out the movie because it's it's my style of movies because I also enjoyed Summer Wars. But I, I think it's a nice sounding, a uh, nice sounding song. I think he was great.
0: Oh, this is why it's being dubbed as the next Summer Wars because it's the same freaking director. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so it is, is Mamoru it, um, Soda. Mamoru
1: yeah. Hosada.
0: S- Hosada, thank you.
2: I knew yeah. it was Mamoru something. Uh, Ma- yeah, Mamoru Hosada. He's he's actually one of my absolute favorite directors. I-, I I own every one of his movies. I still need to watch Mirai. I own it. But I have not watched it. It's really good. Minai
1: is good. I love Wolf Children. So I'll definitely uh, check man, it out because I the, really... The, the it.
2: Boy and the Beast, man, just gets me in the feels every time I watch it. So
0: You know what's funny? The only thing I've watched of his is, is Digimon. Warriors? Digimon our organs. Yeah, that's games? the only thing. I've, yeah, that's that's the that's the only thing I've watched of him. You need, I've heard you, great things of of all these films, but I've never watched it. The thing is, I just don't watch popular stuff. That's yeah. that's one of the other things. I, I w- I w- another, w- another reason why I don't watch Full Metal for that matter. I, I will say. <laughs> oh, oh, and Bro- Dragon Ball Z Broly because he was the key animator for that. <laughs> oh, yeah, there you go. No, I, I
2: will say Summer Wars. I, I I don't know if this is the like. This self-spitch will either turn you off of watching it or turn you on to watching it. But it's basically like his he reinterprets the plot of Our War Games and puts it in his own movie. It's really good. It's really good. Like it's got a very heavy Digimon Our no, War Games feel to it. That's why
0: I originally thought of it. I was like, "What is this Digimon ripoff? I already saw this. <laughs> so uh, That's why another thing I didn't watch it because I was like, it seemed like just Digimon with avatars instead. So. But I, it doesn't mean I wouldn't watch it. I've been meaning to watch it. I've watched, like, the first ten minutes, and then I just got bored. <laughs> it, so, it's a, it's like a slow movie. It befo- takes a while to ramble. Before up, they even but... got into it in, and in, go into yeah. everything. And then I've heard everything about uh, The Boy and its Beast as well, and I'm just like, nah, I, don't, I don't know. Um, uh, man. He, he's he's I, really I'm good. I'm just like... That, that, that that's the thing the thing is I don't usually watch popular stuff <laughs> yeah. like I've been meaning to watch weathering with you but I just like either I've been turned off by it or just I don't feel like watching it I, uh, yeah no, the reason why I watched Kimi Chihuahua was because I was on a plane to Japan and that was the only time I watched it <laughs> but yeah no, I'm, I know I, I'm I like that's probably the reason why <laughs> it's it's being dubbed as the next next summer wars because it is the same guy that is doing summer that did summer wars yeah Yeah, but back back to the song at all i i really liked you you can tell that this song was made for this particular release and i kind of feel the same way as you do gray where i think i only need to listen to it once or twice and kind of get the gist and that that's the thing with movie anime titles or songs is either you really like it and you listen to it over and over again, kind of like uh, Kimi Chihuahua with Say Say Say, or you only listen to it once and when it pops up in the in the movie and then that's pretty much it.
1: Yeah, no, I know what you mean, because, like, so what, Fireworks? I absolutely loved um, the Daoko Yunezi Kenshu song, and I listened to it over and over and over, even despite not caring for the movie Fireworks. So I know what you mean. You does fit into that. You're either gonna... <laughs>
0: Oh, that movie was horrible. It was very
1: bad. Um, I yeah, love get,
0: the song. Su- I still of need why to see I it. I movie. I know it's, Like I know it's
2: bad, but I still need to see it. I want to experience the awfulness for myself.
1: It's not good. I love Just, the theme song. That's the only thing it has going for it.
0: But regardless, you sold a lovely 32,450 points here. And going on up to number three, it is Hello, Hello by Snowman. Now, I originally said what? i said about this last week when it took number one but what did you guys feel about this song i was highly anticipating to see what you guys were gonna say let's start with you gray
2: yeah i love this number it's really good and you know i think it's a really consistent track for snowman you know they have really since their first release they've really been a vocal heavy group and hello hello is no different i think it's a fun lovely summer track and I did. I had a lot of fun with it. I really wish, like, they would put them on Apple Music. I know they're Johnnies, and it's... it's for me, like, it's easy to forget they're Johnnies. It's, it's, it's Apple Music
0: if you live in Japan. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I need... To, yeah, no, like, uh, oh, man, I, I love Snowman. Like, they, they, they're really consistent and really good, and... Uh, I I've, I've, I've liked every song they've dropped and hello hello is no different and I mean at least I can enjoy the music video to my leisure but uh, it, it is great track I loved it to death I listened to it last week when I saw they were number one and loved it then and I was eager to talk about them but wasn't able to make the show so uh, I was really really hyped when they were back on here again and I listened because like an excuse to listen to them again I'll, I'll take that. So I, I did. I, I loved "Hello Hello." It's very good. Very good by these guys. Great vocal work. Great melody, and just a lovely track overall. I think if you like other Snowman music, you will like you will like "Hello Hello." It's really good.
1: So I enjoyed "Hello Hello." I think this is probably one of my favorite songs by Snowman, and. It has great vocals. I love the more poppy side of this because this is what I love Snowman as. Not to say their pop and lock isn't horrible, but I I like this side of Snowman. And Hello, Hello is that perfect summer song. It's very lighthearted and sweet. And I'm glad Snowman is doing something new because, you know, usually we see the typical pop and lock they've been doing. And so I feel like Hello Hello for me has been very refreshing and seeing a new side of them. And I like that they're doing something different. So this was like one of my I, I love this song. I think it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, I'll just quickly repeat what I said last week. No, it's probably one of their best songs and I absolutely loved Hello Hello. And it really reminded me that good fusion of what traditional Johnny's is to what the new generation is going to be, which is snowman and and stones and 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 things like that. So I have to accept that and hello hello was a perfect balance between the two. But yeah, this week hello hello so they lovely 42,559 points. And going on up to number two, it is Butter by BTS Not much I can say about this song, right?
2: (laughs) Nope.
0: Not particularly. Yes, yes, yes. But yeah, this week it sold a lovely 108,634 points. And going on up to number one, it is On Slash Pierre by Kinky Kids. So, as difficult as this was to listen to, how'd you guys love this release
2: yeah i really enjoyed it and I, I thought kinky kids did a great job with this one it's a lot of fun the i felt like the music video on the Storm channel is really short but other than that I, I actually had a lot of fun with it i thought it was a really good track and as far as like brand new releases go i think this was easily my song of the week it was just really well done great melody great harmonization great vocal work and it it has all the stuff that i'm looking for especially in a johnny's track so i I think kinky kids did a wonderful job with this one and uh i can't wait to see what they they do next
1: so i enjoyed on pond i thought it was a, a a solid track by kinky kids It wasn't my favorite of the week. However, I do enjoy seeing them on here and we get to talk about them. And I mean, it was a I I wish if we did have more access to their music, but I'm just glad enough that we were able to catch it on YouTube and I thought it was
0: great. Yeah, with Ampere, it was it was interesting. It does remind me of that traditional Johnny Styles. And I actually had to forget who was singing this because I'm like, I'm so used to Arashi taking the Johnny style that everything else kinda just sounds bland to me when they try to do the traditional Johnny's way. And when I, when I had to look up it was Kinky Kids, and I'm like, yeah, unfortunately they are the, the flag bearers of what traditional Johnny style has to be now. And it's, it's unfortunate that I feel this way, but I thought it was just alright, in my opinion. I, I thought I, I really liked Hello, Hello a whole lot more going on my second run around compared to On and so But this week it sold wonderfully at 170,695 points here. With that, let's continue on to the album real fast. And I was wondering why it didn't sell so much. But now I kind of know why. Looking at what took number one. And you have 17 with your choice. We have the Revue Starlight. First album by my my girls from the Revue Starlight series. So we have that. We have Shota Shimizu with Hope at number eight. We got Butter the album version by BTS at number seven. We got BTS the Best at number six. We got... Blood Compact by Go to the Beds. Uh, very interesting band, so there's that. We got the lovely Chaos City by Ryuji Imaichi from Sandam J Soul Brothers. I've been actually really looking for- forward to this. And I'm, I'm happy that his second solo outing has been very successful. You got Sense of Memory by Sekai No Awadi at number 3. We got Produce 101, Japan Seasons 2 by the members of Produce Number One, Japan Season 2 being a part of that. So look forward to another batch of Produce 101, people. Yay! If you can't tell, I'm so excited for that. Hey, one day
2: they'll have a group that's actually really good. Fingers crossed. They can't yeah, they, all be duds.
0: Well duds for us because we're we want the traditional style, we don't want fusion. <laughs> oh, that's also true. Someone must might really like them. I mean, I really like the J One single that they just released, but that's because they toned it the hell down. <laughs> but with that, let's go on to number one and it is Resens by King and Prince. Their their lovely Their lovely outing, their third outing for an album release, and what a way! I believe they are also taking the record for the third straight album release, hitting over four hundred thousand copies with the total amount sales of four hundred fifty-eight thousand three hundred and twenty-three copies. Because they only had it in physical versions, so congratulations to King and Prince.
1: Oh, big congrats! I mean, the sales for recent are amazing and watching them grow has been great. Cause I mean, we were there for their debut and just seeing them still holding it on the Oricon like this is just amazing.
2: Yeah, no, it's hard to believe, you know, that this is already their third album is just, you know, it feels like they debuted yesterday, you know, and they're three albums in already. I mean, congratulations to these guys. They're fantastic. And, you know, I think that, you know, they'll continue being great. And Uh, wish them the best of luck
0: yeah just the fact that we got to see them grow is such an amazing thing because we like you said luna we have been there since their debut and what what an unfortunate what a fortunate thing to kind of see their growth along with us for that matter in that ways but yeah I want to say thank you so much for listening to this lovely episode of Ongakuryu. I know we went a little bit longer than we usually do. Mostly because I wanted to talk about the Olympics. And that's been a good thing here. But you can find us on all social media platforms on Twitter and Instagram at Ongakuryu. You can follow the website where we talk about the Japanese music industry at Ongakuryu.com. You can also follow our affiliates, Koryu Hunter who is a retro RPG streamer who just finished Final Fantasy 4, I believe, or is doing Final Fantasy 4. And you can check him out at twitch.tv slash Hunter K-Y-O-R-Y-U-H-U-N-T-E-R. You can also follow our affiliate, TimberTav, who is a variety retro streamer in and of his own self. You can check him out at twitch.tv slash TimberTav T-I-M-B-E-R-T-A-F-T. You can also check out your sister Luna Rose, who is probably going crazy over the lovely Final Fantasy 14 stuff. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash Rainstar R-A-I-N-S-T-A-I R-A-N-S-T-A-I-R-K-I-T-T-Y. You can also follow Fangirl Has No Name, who is another variety streamer and is very huge with the Zelda community. You can check her out at twitch.tv slash Fangirl has no name. F-A-N-G-I-R-L-H-A-S-N-O-N-A-M-E. You can also check out the podcast where I do with Timber, Kyo, and Fangirl called Potasaurus. This week we talked about a whole giggle of things such as why (laughs) Final Fantasy Loki sucks. We talked about the Steam Deck and we also talked a little bit about Skyward Sword and how I just don't like Zelda apparently. But yeah, you can check that out by looking up Cory Hunter on all podcasts, streaming services, same as his Twitch handle. You can follow me on Twitter at tw- OTYKEN1, where I talk about Bang Dream, Ainaiba, Roboco Robo, and more Ainaiba. Where can we find you, Gray? You can find me
2: on Twitter at OlegakaGray, where I tweet about what I'm watching, what I'm playing, all that fun jazz. Uh, I just finished ease nine monstrum Knox, really good go check that out if you haven't played it and other than that uh, just follow me there
1: and you can find me on several social media sites such as twitter my anime list anime planet kitsu and letterboxd as luna maria 87 and you can find me as nerdy collector luna on instagram where i mainly talk about what i've been buying what i'm listening to and what i am watching
0: but yeah once again i want to say thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Ungang you i'm your host ken saying thank you very much and have a great day aloha
1: this is luna thank you so much for listening to today's episode hope you enjoyed have a great rest of your week and
2: this is great thank you everybody for tuning in and we'll be right back here next week Bye bye